The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. And welcome wrestling fans to the Ice Hour. This podcast is aimed at promoting the world of Division Three college wrestling and is named for the late Hall of Fame coach Dave Eisenhower. Here we'll talk about topics and news that's relevant to those who compete for the love of the sport in Division Three. The Ice Hour is sponsored by My House Sports Gear. Check out their line of wrestling gear and apparel at MyHouseSportsGear.com. Subscribe using your favorite podcasting app by going to MattTalkOnline.com slash ice. Now up on episode 21 of the Ice Hour, a D3 wrestling podcast, we're, we're actually going to go back to basically the origins of the name of this show. The show, of course, named after the late TCNJ head coach Dave Eisenhower. Joining us on the program today is the current head coach of the College of New Jersey, Joe Galanti. Joe, welcome to the program. JB, thanks so much for having me. All right, let's just start with the genesis of this program was an idea that John McGovern had to do a D3 show and wanted to name it after the late coach Dave Eisenhower. Let's just talk a little bit about uh, what Coach Eisenhower meant to wrestling, not yet to TCNJ, because we got a lot to talk about there, but from your vantage point to see what he meant to the world of Division Three wrestling. I just think Ice was iconic. He he helped young coaches get a grasp on the sport, learn how to uh, mentor their mentor their athletes, and just kind of learn learn the way learn the way that uh, coaches coaches should be and act. Coach was uh, exemplary for for uh, how he treated people and what he did for others. So um, he he was endlessly doing favors and making phone calls and just connecting everyone. He was uh, just exemplar. So when we look at your career, when you get into coaching, even before you get into coaching, you wrestled Division Three at TCNJ. We're in the national finals, a two-time All-American. Coming out of Ocean City, New Jersey, in a one-class state, which is the way I think it should be individually. And you chose to go to TCNJ. What was what was the draw for you to Ewing, New Jersey, of all places? Beautiful Ewing. We um, we love Ice. I mean, we I knew Ice growing up. We definitely uh, went to tournaments and met with him. I knew his son, and uh, there was just there's a great buzz around the around the uh, team at that time. Great assistant coaches, and um, I, I knew that they were seeking out tough competition, get you ready for uh, the end of the season, and they were going to help me help me reach my goals, which was obviously what I was what I was looking to do leaving high school. All right, so coming out of high school, you, your career starts at Ryder, and then you end up at at TCNJ. What was the decision uh, eventually to go one place and then end up finishing another? I think the, I think the main thing is I wanted to go to I wanted to go to Ryder and uh, wrestle with the team, wrestle with my teammates. So a, a great uh, group of guys coming out of there, and uh, Bobby Stinson. Ryan Cunningham, Dave Miller, all guys from South Jersey was uh, wanted to be on the t- team with them and and uh, really make some noise, and that was great for for the two years. I wasn't happy chasing chasing a major that I wasn't sure on, and I, I really wanted to be a teacher and a coach. So I, I moved over to TCNJ and did health and health and phys ed, and it was uh, ended up being a, a great choice and and some place that I enjoyed being. It was a healthy atmosphere and again helped me helped me to reach my goals just because I was I was in a, a good place around around good people. Still got to be friends with the rider guys. It's five minutes down the road, so uh, it was the best best of both worlds. And kind of kind of never looked back. It was um, you know uh, a tough decision, but but one that I that I took seriously and and just kind of followed through with. So 
good good friends with John still and, and Coach Taylor. We've run camps before in the past, and I have a lot of respect for those guys. Just um, obviously, con- congratulations to Coach Taylor on an unbelievable career, and the best of luck to Hange. I think he's going to do a great job. They've got um, some awesome things going over there. I love rooting for those guys, and I get to catch at least one or two dual meets a year. I'm always rooting for them at Nationals. So uh, proud, of, proud of what they're doing right here in Mercer County. Yeah, I've actually got a man. For those who don't know, uh, this is this is a story that Joe and I have. Is uh, a couple of years ago, I think it was two summers ago. You guys are having camp uh, with you know with Hanji uh, down there in Jersey. Mike Denver, who's one of your national champions, you know was was one of the clinicians too. And you're drawing names out of a hat based on a social media contest. And my name got pulled. And this was by no no uh, shenanigans on on you or Hanji's part. But so now I got a pair of these sweatpant type. Long shorts that say Trenton State Wrestling. These things are relics, man. So, uh, you know, it, I, I don't have anything. I have a nice pullover that says TCNJ, and I have a, a nice pair of shorts that say Trenton State. How many people in New Jersey still call TCNJ Trenton State? Oh, uh, you know what? It's it's definitely by um, just kind of how you know the college and your experience with it. So, I love talking about Trenton State. I love talking about um, the old times because it was obviously what what the athletics department. And, I feel like somewhat what the college was built on. We're um, definitely a known academic institution, but when sports started getting big and winning national titles, Trenton State really became, you know, a, a focal point in in New Jersey and and in the uh, in the NCAA scene. So when they started doing that, people know it as Trenton State, and it's it's nice to talk about that and those memories. But TCNJ has also done some some great things. So um, special to talk about where where we've been and where we're going. But uh, I definitely you got to retweet me, man. If you put those you put those sweats on, I'll, you'll definitely get a couple of retweets uh, from from our community. We're seeing some Trenton sweats. <laughs> it's definitely old school. I remember getting them in the mail. I'm like, oh, dude, and, and they are ugly, but man, they are comfortable. I'll tell you that they're, they're not. I don't think I'm gonna know right. the yard in these things. These those are the lay around the house and watch Netflix shorts. I tell you that. <laughs> now, as we we get to your career a, a, as an athlete. Uh, Two-time All-American, you, you made the national finals. And I asked this uh, to a lot of coaches that didn't hit that championship um, level, that marker, the top of the podium. How much does that drive you to try to be more successful for your kids than you were yourself? I, I think it's important. Uh, definitely lessons that I've learned and, and that style that I coach is a little bit different than I, than I wrestled but still has some of the, some of the similarities. So. Um, try and take away some of the, the positive things it's doing and, and definitely learn from the negatives and, and try and tell the guys the story without hammering it way too much. But um, it's it's something that I think about. I don't harp on it, but I think you can learn from your mistakes and just remember remember back at some of the things that I some of the things I did or some of the things that I thought and um, just knowing knowing how they're going to feel when they're standing in the tunnel, knowing how they're going to feel when they step on the mat, uh, when they're preparing for those, those uh, last couple days before the Nationals. I think those are things that, um, you know, if they haven't done it and been there, then they really need someone to, to tell them or at least um, paint the picture. And I think that's that's what we do a good job of is is letting those guys know the situations they're going to be in, helping them helping them wrap their mind around it before they actually get put in the situation, and doing our best to simulate that so that when they get there, they're ready they're ready to perform their best. Graduated in 2007, then you move into to coaching. You had said you left Ryder because you wanted to be a teacher and a coach. How quickly? did you realize that you were probably going to end up running this program one day? My story is, um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't even tell you just the right place at the right time is, is what I always say, because I ended up being a, a teacher and a coach. I was a middle school teacher and I enjoyed that very much. I did it for three seasons and I bought a house right by TCNJ, a half mile away. And 
it allowed me to, you know, teach and also come back to the college and coach. I picked a, a school for for less money so that I could so I could stay close to TCNJ and that I could keep I could keep coaching college wrestling because it's really what I wanted to do. I didn't want to get caught up in the high school scene and the district that I was teaching in didn't have wrestling programs, so they weren't going to ask me to be the wrestling coach, which was a great thing. So I got to come back to TCNJ and do that for three seasons. And I was driving like an hour. I was driving an hour up to the school and an hour back every day, making it um, just in time for practice. My buddies are making fun of me. I'm the first one to leave the house. I'm the last one to get home. I'm getting paid the least. And uh, I did it for three years. After the three years, I, I walked in to talk to Coach Ice and, and Tom Winston, man, uh, I got to I gotta figure this out. I got to live a little closer to, to work or I got I to gotta stop doing what I'm doing. How can I figure this out? And, and when I stepped in the office, he, he told me that he was retiring, that he wanted to talk about um, the position and, and – you know, if I was interested, and I said, I told him I, I would I would quit right now. I would call the I would call my principal and tell him that I won't be coming back and he won't see me again, and I'll I'll do wrestling from now on. And uh, I don't know if anybody else wanted it that bad, or the people that he, that he talked to and, and offered it to. And I was just again real fortunate to have a position that I always wanted come come right to me just by just by staying with it and staying staying in there. I think it's it's kind of like match tactics when it gets to overtime. You, you just got to keep your head down, keep keep hand fighting. And uh, look for look for openings. So um, it, it kind of came kind of came the same way. Did the allure of being the head coach at TCNJ grow for you, having been an athlete there, versus say if you'd have gone through Ryder and be like, okay, I, I'll be a D three college head coach? It, it's funny because I can remember a conversation I had with Ice. We were standing right by the equipment room. There's a roll up gate, and we were just kind of talking. We were waiting for the guys. I think they were out on a run, and we were going to give them, you know, the wrestling shoes or something when they came back. And we were standing there, and I. I was looking at him and I just said, "Man, you have you have the best job in New Jersey." And he looked at me and he was like, "It's pretty good. It's pretty good setup." This is when he was the head coach and um, he he looked at me and he kind of smiled. He said, "I might have the best job on the East Coast." And we were talking about all positions, just how I got to do wrestling all the time and and be around student athletes and um, you know he figured out the camp scene, which which has been great and very helpful um, for the growth of the program and then also allowing our, our families to do you know special things and and stay sane. So. Um, just Ice figured it out, and then he he kind of drew up the blueprint, and lucky to to kind of follow that and walk walk in those footsteps. But he always did it with a smile. He had fun, and and that that was neat. That that was why it was so cool to be his be his friend and and have him as a mentor. Because you know when you got to be in conversations with him, you get to see him on an everyday basis. You starts rubbing off, and he, you start to see some special things, and you see yourself start to change a little bit. And um, when you're around Ice, you always changed for the better. You always you always became a little better, and just had a little bit more fun. He had a, you know, a great spirit, and that was that was neat to capture and get to be a part of. The answer to this is probably fairly obvious, but but how rough was it on on you and the staff and the athletes to to watch Ice go through his sickness and, and ultimately succumb to it? Whew, man, it's uh, it's it's like goosebumps, and I and I just got him sitting here. You might even felt him come through come through the line, just because um, when you think about him like that, I I think about him like. Like I'm still gonna see him tomorrow, or like like he's like I'm gonna turn the corner and he's gonna be there because he just still seems to be in our corner and and uh, kind of just just above looking over, you know, obviously for for us for sake of being, but it was tough, man. You know, he calls me over to talk to him with with his family and he told me what the scoop was and it obviously wasn't good. That was you know early early in the in the season. And uh, we didn't really tell the guys until the season was almost over. So I was kind of living with it, and not too many people knew. He w- brought me in like like I was like I was another son, and and um, 
you know that 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 was the tough part is that we were he we brought him in we built such a great relationship and then we were going to lose him, and and he did that with everybody so everyone felt like they lost a major a major piece he had guys come in um, from all over all over the country and um, just to pay tribute to to who he was so anytime he built a relationship the the people knew knew it was special because that's how that's how he treated it so um, I think a lot of people can relate to that at least I hope and uh, I'm just I'm thinking of a couple of his buddies that that I know they're nodding their head right now, and they, they know exactly what I'm talking about. So, um, yeah, difficult, but special, and and gotta gotta keep the tradition going, gotta keep the legacy going that he built, and want to do uh, things for the right reason, the right way. Part of some of the struggles that coaches have when they follow somebody that's that's set out such a tradition, and you said a legacy. Uh, you know, uh, when you say legendary coaches in Division Three or any college division, Dave Eisenhower's name is mentioned. It's like Jim Zaleski trying to follow Dan Gable. It's like that type of comparison. How have you tried to, one, kind of carve out your own coaching style and niche while still borrowing from the respect and admiration that Coach Eisenhower had in New Jersey and the East Coast? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's tough, but at the same time, it's not a, something that I focus on. And, and people, I think, poured that on a lot more in the first couple seasons, the first couple years. And uh, we actually did great. We had two top ten seasons. We had a national champ and national finalist. So um, the guys made it easy right off the bat, and 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 that was awesome. Having having early success, and we're, we're still having success. Uh, having an all American every year, having academic all Americans, and uh, and that, that definitely helps. But we we know he did so many good things, and all all we're trying to do is is organize our thoughts and and make sure everything, all the ducks are in a line. Like the guys are training hard, that they have the the resources that they need and, and try and make little improvements up upon the foundation that, that he laid. So um, I don't think anything's super crazy. We, we talk about him a lot. We talk about the same mindset and we did so many things uh, well when he was the coach that it didn't make sense to, to change a whole lot. Um, I think some of the inner workings of the office are obviously going to change and stuff like that, but down in, down in the room, things are, things are very similar. The mindset is very similar. The training style is very similar. And, uh, he allowed us to do that as assistant coaches, so it was a it was a fairly easy transition. And I think I think recruiting's getting better. I think I think recruiting um, we're getting better coaches out there. Guys are guys are um, staying in New Jersey and coaching great teams and building great programs. And they're sending us sending us their guys and they're sending us their products. So um, you know, keeping that keeping that going, and that's how Ice built his programs. Um, so keeping keeping that tradition going is is also very important. In the in the era of hammer teams at Trenton State slash TCNJ, the Division One landscape really wasn't very strong in New Jersey. You know, Princeton had struggled with even keeping their program afloat. Uh, Rutgers was was half funded, and and Ryder was basically the the only real team that was seeing significant success. And that wasn't you know a top five team. I mean, they had pretty good teams there in the nineties, but that was to the benefit of TCNJ, where these guys, all right, well, we've got a they felt it was a better option at the time to wrestle maybe for a tougher program than some of the D1s that were in the state. And now that Rutgers is better, Ryder is, is seeing success, Princeton is, is, is light years better. How much has that made recruiting more difficult with, with the New Jersey kids? Um, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think it's much worse. Uh, I said to Ice, I think the first year or two, I said, man, I really, I really like recruiting. I like telling people our story. And I, I like telling them about TCNJ and why this place is great, and and I did it, and I know it, and it's it's a great it's a great sell, it's an easy sell, it's 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 natural, it's organic, and um, 
I don't think that story has changed. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing different. So you just have to get it, get it to the right people. And I'm, I'm actually looking at a, at a note on my desk that says the diamond in the rough. So we're not always looking for the state champ. We're not always looking for the guy that, that, that won the, that won the match four to three, because, you know, even, even the guy that just falls short of the podium, Denver, Denver was our national champ. He wasn't recruited. He came here lucky on, on, um, uh, equal opportunity funding program and walked into our wrestling room was awful his first couple of years, stayed here and trained and, and did all the things they needed to do. And he built himself into a champion. He, he did it through hard work, never placed in the state. Um, I think he qualified as a senior, but really came here with no accolades and ended up being a, a three-time academic All-American and a three-time All-American, a national champ, most dominant wrestler. So he, um, he had the resources that he needed, and I think other guys do too. I think Jordan Oliver just might have got it thrown for four. As you watch the U.S. Open, <laughs> uh, you caught me. I knew it was going to come through at some point, but uh, I've been pumped for today, man. Oh man, to. I, you know so, that's, uh, that's that's why I'm trying to get this one. We're, we're recording this on uh, on in the morning for me here in Minnesota on April 28th, while the U.S. Open is kicking off. I'm flying to Serbia <laughs> on Saturday for the European, so we got to get this episode of the Ice Hour for this. But <laughs> I think Jordan Oliver might get thrown for four. I'm like, what does Jordan Oliver have to do with TCNJ? <laughs> Sorry to time us. Sorry to time us there, but uh, yeah, he just went off his back right over uh, out of bounds, and it doesn't look pretty right now. They're conferencing over and over on the side. So oh, man. I love freestyle. I'm gonna have to go to Flow Wrestling as soon as we're done and edit this later. Now, as we're we're looking, okay, so the the D1 situation hasn't really impacted recruiting, but one thing I have noticed is through this show and through covering Division Three pretty pretty extensively, at least for for what I consider extensive but since 2009, is the the programs in the East Coast are getting tougher and they're getting athletes from all over the place. And I know that, you know, Southern Maine is drawing kids from New Jersey. Lonnie Morris has got half his team from the state of New Jersey. I mean, the kids are now seeing the benefits of the Division Three opportunity. And now you're, you're getting some of the kids are coming in. These coaches are looking for that diamond in the rough, too. They're poaching them. So how much tougher is it to keep the D3 kids in that you're eyeing as the diamonds in the rough? And they're like, Hey, Lonnie Morris, get out, get out of this gym. This is my kid. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, totally, totally get that and feel that. And, and my answer is that a student athlete that, that's going to wrestle for TCNJ has to know it. They got to, they got to know it as a junior. They have to know that they want to come and do, do schoolwork and, and wrestle hard and have fun and, and be part of, be part of what we got going on. And, um, the best way for us to get guys in because we're so academic and our, and our, um, our admissions process is so difficult is early decision. And, and if guys decide that, that they want TCNJ, then, and, and they can do it early, they're going to have a, a major leg up on, on getting, getting in the door, um, which is sometimes the hardest thing. We'll, we'll keep you here. You'll do, you'll do well. Once you're here, you'll, you'll get a job after college. Sometimes getting in the door is, is the hardest thing. And I think that's what Ice meant when he said that, that I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really like recruiting after a while. And that's, that's where that story was going was, um, you know, I told him that I enjoyed the recruiting process and that I, that I like telling people our story. And he told me after a while that, you know, I wouldn't really like recruiting, that it would be, that would be hard. You would lose guys that you really wanted to get on your team. And we definitely have that happen. Um, but if there's, if there's guys that are doing their schoolwork and they're, and they're focused on, on, on being the, the type of person that they're going to have to be in college to succeed here, and that means a true student athlete, someone that, that wants to do their schoolwork, they, they want to wrestle hard every day, and uh, they want to they live that lifestyle. And they can absolutely, absolutely get in here and and, uh, and impact our program. When you get into the coach's corner for the first time, 2011-12, you end up being the rookie coach of the year in Division Three. Mike Denver wins it for you in lacrosse. 
Uh, and then you've got four more trips to the final since then, and you you still you haven't had the chance to get that that second champ. What is the feeling like from an athlete's perspective, sitting there missing out on it so closely in the finals, and then having to see having to sit through that four times as well? Like I'm so you know you you went out there you want to wrestle for the kid. So so have you have you looked up who we lost to in the finals? We lost to Kolchitsky, who was a who's a final who's a guy who's he's wrestling freestyle. Uh, we lost to Joe Rao, who's on the on the ladder and uh, our guy in the U.S. We lost to uh, one of the Le, Lefevre was another one uh, and the other Lefevre. So our our guys um, that basically and and that was Brian Broderick was a New Jersey State place winner and he was a two-time national finalist for for us. He's the one that lost to Lefevre uh, in overtime. Riley, who just won four, so. Um, that was one. Of, that was one of the losses, and then Broderick lost to Rao also. And again, he's the he's the Greco guy. Yeah, he's been on a world team. Right he now. won the Olympic trials. No he's, big deal. He's doing he's doing all right. He's doing all right right now. He's eating a lot. And, uh, a D three guy. Yeah, D three guy. Elmhurst. You know. Yeah. So we're we're losing to quality guys, and 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 our guys are are coming from Jersey, and and they're probably not state place winners. We're we're doing a lot with them. We're taking them from. From from guys who who haven't done it before to to being all Americans and national finalists and, and national champs, so um, I, I think you gotta you gotta keep giving yourself opportunities and and uh, keep the guys in there. So I have a freshman right now who's an all American at 74. His name's Dan Kilroy. He's uh, got a great opportunity the next three seasons to, to make his mark. And obviously our our goal for him is just to get a little bit better every day. And if he does that for three seasons, he's going to have himself, you know, he's going to be right in the thick of it. And we also got a couple guys who you don't know their name because they didn't place in the state and, and they're training and they're doing the right things. And, and they've got opportunities to, to go in and, and make some noise just like the guys before them. So we're, we're real excited about the, about the future. And I keep looking around the room and, and you see guys and none of them are seniors. And I, the only thing I can think of is the future is bright. The future is very, very bright for our program. Well, the future's been bright, but the history has also been bright. We've talked about that a little bit, but you sent me this note that, and we I had to go back and make sure we were on the right page because you you put up forty seven straight years. TCNJ slash Trenton State has produced a college all American forty seven years. That is that's obviously a program goal to continue that streak. Absolutely, and you you um, you look at major coaches and. Um, I, I don't like basketball, but I, I was so hard to not watch Golden State last year uh, when they were going on their tear and 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 you know records. Not that they're meant to be broken or that they're you know that they're there to be shattered, but we're, we're, I want the best for our, for each individual. And it's great that we keep putting one on top of another, and and we've done it for 47 years. I think it it's such a special thing because there's so much that goes into it. And I'm just thinking staying staying healthy and and having the ability and and getting getting the call and and uh, just doing you know doing all the right things at the right time. There's there's definitely some luck involved, but these guys are are giving themselves opportunities and, and putting themselves in situations to to take advantage of of this this great um, this great accomplishment of being an All American. It's, it's so very so very special. So uh, don't don't want to take anything away from it, but uh, we focus on on each guy and and if we can if we can get guys to have opportunities and take shots at it. Um, we're definitely definitely going to be right there and, and be in the mix. So to to have it be accomplished is is great, but not don't talk about hey this we have to do this because we have to keep this record going. I think that that puts undue stress and, and pressure on the guys, and it's not anything that they can control. They can just do the best that they can. They can they can take it one step at a time and, and get a little better get a little better each day. And if that if that equals out to being an all American, then 
we're super proud of them. And if they, I don't want to say die trying, but if, if they give it their all and they fall a little short, we're still going to, still going to stand there and clap for them. So I'm real, real proud of, of how they've been going after it and, and, and kind of, kind of staying with it, chasing, chasing their dreams down. What is the measure of success for you as a coach for this program? I, I keep telling them I want them to be academic All-Americans, and, and it's real similar to, to the 47 streak in that you have to, there's got to be so many things that go right for your season. And when you factor in that they have to wrestle a certain amount of matches, that's going to speak to their health and, and how, they, how they perform with, with their weight loss and, and their lifestyle, their diet. If you talk about um, their winning percentage, they have to be successful on the mat and they have to actually win bouts. They have to have strategy and, and uh, perseverance. They have to be in great condition. So um, then obviously the last thing or the, the first thing would be the academics. They've got to do their schoolwork. Having over a 3.2 GPA at, at our college for two semesters in a row is, um, is no easy task. And it seems like even if you have an, an easy semester, that means maybe you only have three or four classes and they're, they're not the hardest ones that, you're, that your major is going to offer. So these guys really have to stay focused in order to do that. And I know the spring is, is super tough. The season just finished and you want to spread your wings a little bit and you want to take advantage of, of being a normal student instead of a student athlete. But these guys are focused and they're, they're going to class. They're doing well academically and putting themselves into position to clean up some accolades for next year. So returning four academic All-Americans next season, I think that's the most that we've, we've ever returned. And, um, and that's, a, that's a goal for the team. If, if, you're not, if you're on the team and you're not chasing that goal, I'm not really sure um, you know, where, where your head's at or, or what's going on. So I think all guys can, can uh, use that as a, as a point of reference and, and be shooting for that. What are the benchmarks for success that your administration places on, on you as a coach for the, the health of the program and the success of the program? Well, that's you know what that's an exciting part of of next year. The um, the athletics department is, is going to be looking to name a new athletic director. Uh, I would say within the next two months, we've, we're deep in the search. We have a great search firm, and they're they're doing they're doing a lot of due diligence, a lot of work to to help to get us the the right person, get someone in here, and and really take charge. So um, I can't wait to talk to the the new AD about our vision and and where we want to take the team, what we want to do with them, and and how we want to do it. I, I think. Um, anytime you get to share that with, with someone that's going to represent you in, in more meetings around campus, obviously the better. So um, definitely definitely can't wait to, to share that news with them and, and get on the same page with, with our new athletic director. And when that happens, we'll, we'll, be in, uh, we'll be smooth sailing. We'll be in good shape. DCNJ is one of a handful of schools in Division Three that actually have a championship banner uh, the last one coming in 1987, which uh, none of your athletes, well, I don't know, Never every now and then you get that old guy in D3 that, that shows up, but none of your athletes currently were even born uh, when that situation occurred back back in 87. What is it going to take for, whether it be TCNJ or a program in the East or, or in a non, non-Iowa, Minnesota area to knock off Wartburg and Augsburg? I think you have some teams that, that are doing doing a great job and making it making a great effort obviously Warburg has has a great hold on on how to do it and, and their recipe for success speaks for itself uh, I think here here at the college we need, we need to we need to buckle down and we need to have five guys five guys get in there and, and really fight at nationals we probably need to we need to qualify um, more than that and you're, you're looking at anywhere between eight and ten but qualifiers don't get it done it's the guys that put points on the board and and if you have five guys that are competitive and they're in the top five, then then you're going to be right there. I think there we also need to have um, 
you need to have some parity. There needs to be a couple teams that are that are able to do that, and we're going to knock off teams, knock off teams almost together, and and uh, the race is going to race is going to come down to a point or two. And I think right now to win the first one, that's how you're going to have to you're going to have to do it. I, I know TCNJ won, they've won by a quarter of a point before. They've won by the lowest the lowest of margins, and that that's good for us. That's a that's a good thing because we stay in there and we stay after it. We win tough matches. We win we win in the blood rounds and. Um, if that's how you have to win your national title, then, then I would pick us all day. We're smart athletes, and when you have smart athletes, if you can get them in good shape and you can get them firing, firing off um, good high-percentage technique, I, I don't think that that can be, that can be uh, solved. So staying healthy, keeping them motivated, and at the right weight class, uh, I think it's very possible. Messiah has done a great job. I mean, looking back to just when we would duel them, I mean, they, Brian Brunk has, has taken them so far, looking at Wabash and and uh, what Anderson's doing out there, they're, they're doing a great job. It's just, um, I, I see us, I see us close to that. I see us, I see us making those steps. Marty Nichols every every year at Ithaca, um, very very impressive and impressed with how he handles his business and, and how he gets his guys in there and, and tunes them up into into great athletes. So um, I think our time is is coming. And hate to you know put the cart before the horse, but I, I think we just we keep our we keep our head in it. We don't we don't look to the left or the right and we stay we stay on it and good things are going to happen. What are some things that you've liked about Division 3 and its its growth and how the NCAA has treated uh, not just the the member institutions but the the championships as a whole? Absolutely. We go there and we get we get I have to say very similar treatment to, you know, what we see at the Division 1s which I which I go to every year and the arena is just bigger. There's there's, you know, it's it's a little more popular. They're getting they're getting more fans in there. But um, the way they treat us and, and the way they, they, they roll out um, the nationals is excellent. Even, uh, you know, even, even our regional events have, have been good in the past. And it, 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 was, um, it, it was a fun thing to go, to go from the conference tournament, which was just a couple local teams, to having a regional. And I know that there's a lot of, a lot of talk about regionalization and, you know, we're gonna, they're going to align, align teams differently and all that. Um, I think we'll figure all that out, and it's it's definitely up for discussion. It needs to be uh, changed a little bit, but you got to be careful what you wish for. I, I really like the uh, how we compete and, and how we qualify. Uh, I'm sure that there could be uh, little 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 tweaks and little changes, but for the most part, we're, we get we get treated great, and uh, it's awesome to be a part of part of such a, a special a special time in wrestling where the sport it gets better every year there's a better product on the mat every single year and you really have to stay up with the times and the techniques to to keep yourself in it so um very very exciting time to be part of college wrestling now new jersey kind of takes maybe an unnecessary brunt of this next topic and uh and the rules have changed over the years that injury time now is a choice and there's there's a deterrent but w- was that one of those things you're like man you guys out there you better not Better not throw that whirly bird, that Jersey tornado. I do not want to hear East Coast timeout at this tournament. Holy cow, man! We used to get it hard. I didn't know what it was uh, when I came over from Ryder. I had no idea what an East Coast timeout was. And uh, there, you know, we go to the nationals of the first year, and they're like, "Yeah, you're gonna hear it. You're gonna hear it for sure." I'm like, "What do you What do you mean?" And uh, I, when I heard it for the first time, you know, you start laughing, but it gets uh, gets pretty serious. So I like those rules. I, I think they're doing fine with them. And uh, Kind of missed the East Coast timeout. It was funny, and I don't want to mention the other team from Jersey that that disbanded now. They used to, I think they used to pull the most, but uh, I got a good smile smile on right now, and I'm 
I'm thinking of my I'm thinking of my buddy off the Razm a little bit later today. <laughs> yeah, uh, that may that may or may not be a red and white school, correct? It may or may not be. Yeah, <laughs> don't correct. know don't know anything about uh, Montclair. Um, so my <clears throat> so yeah. my my good my good one of my my very good friends was their last All American, and um, we always we always joke about we always have a a good good back and forth. So. I'll have to reach out to him. The first guy ever taught me what it was called, the Jersey Tornado, was my buddy Dennis Whitby from, from Lacey Township. So uh, Whitby's no, like, oh, a yeah, a little early, boy, yeah. <laughs> He was saying, yeah, yeah, in high school, man, we usually, we, we got one, man. I was like, all right, yeah, they say, what's time? Okay, a little Jersey Tornado. So uh, moving moving away from the East Coast timeout. Now, when we look at the upcoming sites for the NCAA championships, they've just been announced. Cleveland will host next year. We knew about that. Roanoke Farm College is putting in a bid, new program. Then we're going back to Cedar Rapids, across in Cedar Rapids. Those are some great wrestling towns. Awesome, man! Yeah, really excited. I think Cleveland's going to be awesome, and a uh, lot of lot of lot of excitement going out there. Ferrum has done a great job hosting. They've hosted our regionals the last couple the last couple times, and the arena down there is is uh, top notch. So, uh, great great spot. I hope they get that. And is that confirmed? Did they get that? Yeah, Roanoke in 2019. Yep, perfect. And uh, going back to the Rapids is always probably the best place to have the nationals really really enjoy it and it, it doesn't feel like uh wrestling season unless you're going to iowa so well those other years we'll have to we'll have to make a trip we'll have to stop out and duel warburg if we can speaking of duels one thing we haven't touched on yet but it was a program notable you're talking about history and the record book 700 wins you, you eclipsed that mark this year how important was that for you in the program just really special we did it at the national duels and it was um it was something that we obviously knew was coming it, it's it's hard not not to see it and, and want to count things like that. The the guys the the way they the way they handled their business was was really special and just nice to nice to have them be a part of it. And then when you do something like that, you just think back to all the guys that ever came in the room because the duels aren't just one you know at the match. Obviously they are, but they're one in the room. They're they're one with your training partners. They're they're one you know with with guys helping each other and, and making each other better. So every guy that's been a part of the program gets a little piece of that, and that's and that's what's special. Uh, called David Eisenhower Jr. right away, and it just said, you know, we just won 700. I think it's it's an awesome thing, and and uh, just thinking about thinking about your dad, and I talked with him for like five or ten minutes, and uh, just just really need to have that relationship still with with Junior. So um, I thought about Ice a lot when that when that happened, and and about the alumni, about the about the guys who you know got us got us there, and and have won all those all those matches, 700 matches. It's it's unbelievable. That's that's uh, a great accomplishment, and. Uh, then you look down, and, and Springfield won a thousand, and another coach at TCNJ is, has uh, won a thousand. She's um, women's coach for field hockey and lacrosse, and, and won her thousandth career win. So, these people doing special things, and, and I'm glad that TCNJ is in that conversation. TCNJ wrestling is uh, is in there doing great things. All right, now we, of course, we got to ask the New Jersey questions because that's always it's it, it is cliche, but it's also part of the culture. Uh, where where you're growing up, are you calling it Taylor Ham or pork roll? Uh, pork roll. Thank you. That is, that is the correct answer. Yep. Uh, I don't care what you folks near New York or near New York can say. Okay, so what's the deal with jug handles for people that don't know? There, there are very few left turns in New Jersey. Yeah, I think I think you just got to breathe, man. I don't think it's I don't think it's too bad to keep your eyes open and uh, just kind of kind of find find your way. The circles were harder, and I think they're getting rid of more circles around around Jersey. But the uh, yeah, the jug handle, you just kind of just kind of stick with it. Know where know where you're going. Follow the signs and. Take a deep breath. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. All right, Wawa, Turkey Hill, or Sheets? Which is your preference? Uh, Wawa's right down the street. Every every time you every time you turn around, Wawa's there to go to. They're putting one down 
about uh, a couple miles from the colleges. Uh, and I, I was going to tell you, we don't really we try not to get into the, the South Jersey, North Jersey, but we're in Central Jersey right now, man. We're in the middle of the state, and they don't have Wawa around here. They have uh, Quick Check and 7-Eleven, so we don't really do don't really do the uh, the Wawa scene too often. But the fact that they're putting one in not uh, not upsetting me too much. Well, uh, yeah, I'm from I'm from Virginia, and the fact that there's no 7-Elevens here in Minnesota is unnerving. I mean, I went back to Virginia last week, and I was like, oh, Slurpee, finally. I haven't had a Slurpee in like five years. <laughs> All right, and now the the Turnpike Parkway. What exit? Oh man, we're thirty on the Parkway. We're down down in South Jersey at at home, but uh, up in up in Trenton, we're two ninety five. So uh, I don't even use the use the Parkway. We go right from we go, or excuse me, we don't use the Turnpike. We go Parkway Expressway to two ninety five, and two ninety five is a, a great resource to get from from South Jersey to Central Jersey, and then also down to down to Philly. So if you haven't hit two ninety five, check it out. Stay off that Turnpike. Yeah, and how old were you when the first time you were actually physically able and legally allowed to pump your own gas? <laughs> uh, I must have been 17 plus and not in New Jersey, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know, man. First time I crossed the border and, and I started running on me. That's a good question. Never thought about it. Like, okay, uh, he's <laughs> just sitting in your car for 20 minutes going, anybody go help me here? You just gave me a good visual of that uh, 90, 96 Jeep Grand Cherokee that I was that I was rocking. Dude, I had an eighty one El Camino. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, That's it was probably it was, pretty sweet right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, it wasn't pimped out. I could have gone Seaside Tony on it, but I didn't feel like doing that. Oh, a little Seven Minds <laughs> reference for anybody out there in Jersey that understands that reference. So, uh, Joe, if you want to tell folks out there how can they can follow the program, social media. Uh, what things you guys got got on the burner? You've got uh, Hall of Fame banquets and, and athletic banquets coming up as well, and administration exams. You know how can how can the wrestling community follow TCNJ Wrestling on Twitter and Facebook, et cetera? So we're at we're at TCNJ underscore Wrestling on both Twitter and Instagram. It's the best way to follow us. The official College of New Jersey Wrestling on Facebook is also a great way. We have camp coming up. We're going to be having camp June twenty fifth through the twenty eighth. Can actually sign up if if they log on and they um, and they and they want to be part of your daily newsletter, which I think is great. Really appreciate you putting that out and, and keeping us keeping us all in line, make sure we know what, what the buzz is with, with wrestling all over the world. Um, so thanks for doing that. If you sign up for, for Jason's newsletter, you'll be able to get uh, Info Online's Wrestling Camp, which uh, we're, we're proud to be part of. Yeah, it's uh, matttalkonline.com slash news. Email delivered daily, TCNJ Wrestling Camps. Proud supporter of that mailing list, and it is every day. I mean, you're getting stuff from all over. I mean, I had some Nigerian links in there today about Daniel Igali and then stuff from for the U.S. Open and then stuff from everywhere. So uh, just hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Yeah, you're save, saving me big time, man. If I miss a day, I'm still in real good shape. So um, appreciate that. All right, Joe Galanti, the head coach at TCNJ here on the Ice Hour. Uh, best of luck to your program, and uh, we'll, we'll see you sooner than later. JB, thanks so much. Thanks for calling today, buddy. Have a great one. is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.